seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to our guest speaker. Genuine people here to have insightful conversations. We are giving away a free masterclass on the 11 proven ways to deepen all your relationships. Link in bio. My guest today has been teaching vinyasa and restorative yoga for 12 years, runs a yoga studio in Madrid, and has led yoga teacher training since 2019. Six years ago, she completed an Ayurvedic health counselor training, which led her to teach classes that are in tune with the seasons and cycles of life. She's currently studying to become an Ayurvedic yoga specialist. Before she moved to Madrid 10 years ago, she was working as a journalist and part-time yoga teacher in the Netherlands. But once in Madrid, she decided to fully focus on sharing yoga with others. Welcoming Elisa Kulsmart to get to know you. Thank you. So Did I say your here. last name correct? <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange Dutch. Even in the Netherlands, it's quite a strange name. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's very unique. It's very unique. So I guess we'd love to hear first, like, what led you to go from, like, you know, you in journalism, you then went into yoga. Now you're like, you know what? Specifically, Ayurvedic yoga is where you find your calling. Mm, yes. I mean, I think it's like a little... It's like a river, you know, you're you're brought to different places, I feel, and one thing led to the next. Um, but actually, I feel with journalism, well, when I was studying journalism, I already, I studied in Denmark, and I did so, mm. I had so much free time, actually, or I created free time, maybe, <laughs> and I <laughs> did a lot of yoga there, and I really fell in love with how it made me feel and how it just kind of, um, yeah, brought me brought me closer to me um, instead of trying to get somewhere, which is kind of what I was doing with journalism, trying to get the right people and, um, you know, trying to get the news and everything. So it felt really grounding. And from there, I, I took a teacher training in the Netherlands, which didn't make sense to me when I was back. I was like, yeah, I don't have any money, but I'm anyway going to do it. And um, yeah, I started working as a journalist, but I always felt this, I felt a little bit like the devil wears Prada. <laughs> Not in the sense that I made this whole transformation. I didn't go there, but I was working in kind of a fashion magazine and I didn't really feel at home in the sense that um, I love the people, love working with the people, but I didn't really feel like this is my place. And I was wearing all the kind of old secondhand H&M clothes and everyone's looking really great. <laughs> and the yoga that I was teaching once a week or twice a week, maybe it was, to friends, it just made me feel like, ah, this is more me. Mm. Um, so it, in a way, it balanced itself out. It also, I did love the writing and interviewing people. Um, but then once in Madrid, I just really felt like, also, one, there wasn't really a lot of journalism to do in Dutch uh, for me. And I could, of course, go to more English, but it just felt really right to focus completely on, on, on teaching yoga. And then, yeah, little by little... I just started to explore more of not just, you know, many people come in through yoga just from the body because they, they maybe do it in a gym. So they're, they're feeling really great in their body. And then they start to realize, wait, I actually also feel quite relaxed after or feel more grounded or I feel uplifted, whatever the class gave them. And then little by little start to explore that as well. Like what's actually the, um, sometimes Ayurveda is called the sister science, but in a way mm. it's the umbrella that yoga falls under. I sometimes compare it to acupuncture and Chinese medicine. I don't know if that's a completely accurate um, comparison, but it feels to me like you're working with your energy in yoga and that helps you to, yeah, 
maintain balance or come back into balance, which is what Ayurveda is trying to do. One of the many things. That's beautifully. I love how you said all of that and how it like, you know, the path and how it drew you and where it took you. And you know, when you, when you talk about like feeling more like you or feeling like it, you can't, you know, you, you arrive to yourself. Like, what does that mean yeah. to you? Like, yeah, it's actually an interesting question that keeps, the answer keeps changing, I feel. And this very morning, <laughs> I was thinking about that question, like, what does it actually mean to come home to myself? Because before, some years ago, it might still have been looking for something mm. or trying to get somewhere again, just like with the journalism that I felt, I was trying to get somewhere. But it feels almost like becoming more of what I already am embracing parts of me that I maybe feel shouldn't be there or, you know, are dark and I don't want to show to the world or I, I judge myself for them and just embracing that. And it doesn't mean I'm just allowing myself to shout at my kids. It's really about embracing the parts of me that I, that I might not like, or that I might not accept yet. And so becoming more of that. And that doesn't mean not doing anything about things that might not be so helpful for me, you know, or for my family. Like I said, maybe not, um, I'm not going to just accept shouting at my kids and not change it. <laughs> so I can be observant of that. Like, okay, that's a tendency that I have when I'm tired. I raise my voice. Okay, what can I do? And I talk about this with my six-year-old, like when he shouts at me, like, well, okay, what, did, what can we do? Can we maybe go to bed a little earlier so that we're not tired? Or is there something that we need right now? Do we need a hug? And actually, parenting learned, taught me a lot about Ayurveda and yoga because it's a lot about, oh, yeah, wait, how can I, how can I just find myself again after a long day? And um, I feel it's about almost not adding or not changing, but it's about just taking away the layers that are kind of, yeah, just a clutter. Or I, the like clouds. That you said that. I like mm, how you sorry. said like finding myself after a long day, like people yeah. find themselves and they think it's like, oh, I need to find myself, um, you know, at the end of the year or like, <laughs> you know, I find myself in a few months. Like they don't, you know, coming back to yourself in a day and, and, you know, your children being able to like provoke you to like ask these questions and like, you know, you know, lead you to you each day. Like, that's beautiful. Like, I, I love how that's happening for you. Yeah. And I mean, there's no greater teachers I feel than children <laughs> and parenthood. I mean, I thought I was a very calm balanced person until I became a mother and I felt really like wow I there's all these parts of me like I said those parts that I didn't or sometimes I didn't even know they were there you know I would I would never shout at anyone and now every now and then I find myself so frustrated that I'm like stop it and it's really not again how the, the challenge I find and I haven't found an answer necessarily but I find it then the challenge to okay not over override that. I'm like, oh, no, 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 what did you just do? But okay, wait, what just happened? Is there a reason maybe for it? There's not always a very clear reason for it, but I can talk then afterwards, at least my six-year-old, my two-year-old, I can say sorry and give him a hug. But my six-year-old, I can really say like, okay, I think this happened because I was triggered because of this. And then maybe what can we do next time? We can just, um, and he came up with a solution. He said, yeah, maybe next time when I don't listen, you can sing and I will listen to you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's really then you, Instead of saying, Leo, can you put on your shoes? You have to sing, Leo, can you put on your shoes? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that he said that to you so much. And it's actually really interesting because I found it. Sometimes I can't do it. I'm so angry I can't do it. And then sometimes it snaps me out of the just the drama of the day. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sing. <laughs> Wow, that's beautiful. That I love that you asked him as a six-year-old. You asked him, and he's like, "Mom, well, maybe try this, and then I'll respond." But yeah. like, that's beautiful that you've you've given him a platform to like have those kinds of conversations with you. Like a lot of parents will take the role of "I'm the boss, I know everything, I know what needs to be done," instead of asking mm -hmm. their children as they're growing. It's interesting because I mean, I had to teach myself this as well because I felt very much in the beginning. I mean, the poor first uh, borns they have to get the you know the, the, the parents would still have to grow into being parents but 
in the beginning, I thought I felt really this pressure, like I have to know everything and I have to teach him everything. And then I realized, but he is still so much connected to his intuition. I have lost that a little bit as an adult, you know, and I think, um, yeah, he's still, I mean, he's six, so he's coming a little bit more into the world of um, being influenced by other people's opinions, I realized. And before it was more like, oh, he, I mean, he still doesn't care. He, pink is his favorite color. And um, like he, he wears dresses if he likes. So it's not like he's very um, conditioned, I would say. But there is, yeah, there's still that intuition. So I love listening to him, like what he has to say, because I feel like he knows himself he listens more to his body than I do. I think, you know, he says mm. my heart, I don't know how he got this, but at one point he started saying a lot. Yeah. My heart just says, I don't need this food. Wow. <laughs> you know, and he's now saying my stomach, but he had a phase of saying my little heart. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Um, so, I, love I mean, it. I think they're really good teachers and just, you know, they're still so fresh. And if we don't, I've, I'm sure I'm ruining his intuition in many ways, but um, I try at least to let him still feel his body and feel, mm. because that's what I'm trying to unlearn, you know, not always yeah. listening to my mind, but listening to my body. What is that? What does that mean? Yeah, that's beautiful. Like, I love that. And you're right. Like children probably are more in tune with their intuition than adults. I think so, because it's yeah. a lot of conditioning what comes on top of that intuition. Like, oh, but what if I do this, this will happen, you know, instead of just doing it. If they feel like singing, they sing. If they feel like dancing, they that. It's just yeah. this kind of, if they don't want to eat, they don't eat. And maybe yeah. we are like, oh, but this is mealtime. We eat. Yeah. So there is, yeah, I find it fascinating to just watch them, yeah, be <laughs> these little animals. <laughs> yeah, it's very fascinating. And I love how you said too, like, you know, you know, having children brought out a different side of you, like when you're stressed yeah. and like, yeah, and that's something now you're like trying to like, you know, um, you know, make, come back to yourself or be how you used to be or learn from them, you know, why you're triggered. So that's fantastic that you're able to, like, question yourself and be introspective and, and um, you know, be so aware of that and bring them into it with you and, like, work together. Like, I think that's just that's just mm. beautiful. How do you, like, you know, the word Ayurveda, now we can look up the definition and everything, but what does Ayurveda mean to you? Yeah, I mean, the... I love the the literal translation. I mean, it's a Sanskrit word, so there is always many, many translations mm -hmm. um, and more nuanced than what English language has to offer in a way. But it is the science of life. Mm -hmm. um, so it goes way beyond well-being or, you know, we might know Ayurveda from rituals like tongue scraping and oil pulling. And yes, those have a, a good role in it, but ultimately it is about self-awakening and again all parts of your life can be balanced mm. through Ayurveda and this is always I'm, I'm a little hesitant sometimes saying balancing because it feels like again something's wrong with us or that yeah. we have to fix something but I feel again this coming home to yourself is about just taking away the layers that don't serve us it's not about fixing who we are we are already a perfect particle source in my opinion so there's nothing to fix or change or or add even but it's about just getting the clutter out of yeah just you can see clearly <laughs> and this is what all spiritual teachings in in fact teach right that there's just taking the layers of like peeling like an onion and then we can see the the, the light or the truth of who we are or yeah. yeah so i feel that's ayurveda embraces in that sense like All a purification. Sorry? Like a purification, like an internal purification process. Yes, purification and sometimes quite literal, like there is a spring cleanse or fall cleanse. Those are the times to just take, um, this is a very changing thing also for me, like take the, the foods out that we became dependent on, not as a punishment, but as a, oh, wow, okay, I really needed that chai in the morning to feel to to wake up can I do it without can I find a practice in my yoga practice that does the same thing um or just again observe like okay what are my tendencies with this am I just kind of numbing myself with food because the day is so intense and I'm seeing this absolutely from experience <laughs> sometimes you know I find being a mother so intense and having a, a business that it just 
yeah, I, I feel like I'm using my food to feel my body, <laughs> like mm. to ground myself in a way. But yeah, just looking at that. So it's a purification of all aspects also. But purification, I would also say sometimes nourishment, because it really depends on your constitution, what you need. So in a very literal way of purifying the body, some seasons we need that and some seasons we need complete nourishment. But also that will bring you more back to who you are. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that's beautiful. I love the way like, you know, the way you're speaking, the words that you use, I think is really resonating with me. And uh, You know, sometimes you don't find your own words for what you're feeling or saying or, or like mm. experiencing or want to experience. And I just love that you, the words that you have uh, are resonating so much with me. I'm like, okay, that's exactly, that's, that's how I feel. That's so it's, I really love that you're, you're doing that with me right now in this conversation. I think that's fantastic. Um, I, I like how you said you didn't want to use that word either. Like, cause it's like, we're not out of balance. We're not, you know, we're, nothing's wrong with us. Well, I can see it at uh, the way I see it is like the depth of the lake is always more or less the same. I mean, you're born with a certain constitution that you got when you were conceived and that doesn't change. That's your natural state. Just like a, a, an elephant is not going to then fly like a bird. Mm -hmm. You are born as an elephant when you're an elephant, you know, I'm not, not talking about humans now, but <laughs> about animals so, and you're, or you're born like a bird and we're trying, and that's who you are. That's your dharma. That's your, your purpose or the, that's your, your task in this, in this, in the whole of the cosmos. I like that you're saying, I love that explanation and that, that analogy really like, you know, um, brings clarity to my thinking and how I, how I'm, how I don't want to use that word as well. So like, I like, I like how you say that. But it, it, so, yes, um, I just lost my train of train of thought, which is actually very much in my constitution. <laughs> my <laughs> mind can just go to all kind of, it associates very well, but then it can get lost in that association. So, um, but the depth of the lake is what you're born with. And then on top of the lake, there can be boats and wind and there's weather and there's maybe snow and there's just different things happening. And that's what I see as an imbalance, mm. you know, so it's not wrong, but Ayurveda also says we all are, and this helps, I, I feel to know that it's not something really bad. We're all out of balance mm. during the day, in and out, yeah. little things. And the trick is to not ignore that. Yeah. And to just feel again at the end of the day, coming back to that at the end of the day, can I come back to myself instead of, yeah, seeing this is a goal that I have for the next year <laughs> or the next or in my life, you know, can I come back just with little things, you know, because maybe during the day I felt so much intensity that didn't serve me. And then I come back with some grounding or soothing, cooling yoga. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really, I really love that. And like you know, Ayurveda, like I've seen, like there's Ayurveda foods and there's Ayurveda, like you know, now now into like the Western medicine, they're actually bringing in Ayurveda and they're saying yes, it helps alongside you know, um, just Western medicine as well. Like in John Hopkins, and that's a huge, you know, amazing hospital with great doctors, and they're like mm. you know bringing it into their to their healing and and wellness of their patients. So like there's a lot of you know. If people need the science. There's a lot of science to back this up as well. Um, and when you when you like when you're you're you know understanding yourself through Ayurveda yoga and you're you're you know becoming more and more like clear with it, maybe are you bringing you know is Ayurveda yoga is it just Ayurveda yoga? Is there like are you are you having like an Ayurveda lifestyle? Is that that too? Mm -hmm. Like with the food and that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I feel. And I always say this when I um, when I do some kind of training or course, and I teach that about Ayurveda and yoga or, or combined. It is such a vast system of with I mean, it's, it's five thousand years old, and mm. it's still pre it's still many of the practices they're time tested because otherwise we wouldn't use them anymore, we wouldn't know them. So it is such a vast, deep science that there's no way that um, I can live fully Ayurvedically, I feel. But there's little things that I then add that help me in the moment, that help me in certain seasons. So it might be the type of tea that I drink, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it might be just, and on the surface, it's very simple. It's just living with the seasons of life and the seasons of, of nature. So someone who's just born needs a very different food. Well, they need milk, but <laughs> they need a very different lifestyle. You know, they nap a lot. They, um, they need a lot of milk. And someone who is maybe in their 80s needs a very different, like they need less sleep but they need more um, maybe like warm ground and food. So there's there's even in different stages of your life, you need different things. So what I try to do, and one of my teachers told me, there's no try, you either do or you don't. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I always think of that when I say I try. Um, what my intention is during the day is that I have these little moments of, again, just checking in. Maybe it's that tea or maybe it's my breath taking one deep breath before I pick up my kids or it is the food that I cook. And for that, mm, I'm not trying not to go completely crazy with it because I feel there's a lot of misunderstanding about foods and nutrition and Ayurveda. And again, I don't, I'm not an Ayurvedic doctor who has 40 years of experience and knows everything about it, but I try to just really simply look at the quality of the food. Like, is this grounding in fall, you know, or is this light? Is it something that's warming me or is it something that's cooling me down? And what do I need? In summer, I need cooling down, obviously. But so I'm not going to eat a hearty stew with a lot of peppers or spices in the summer. I'm going to eat something that's fresh and, and uplifting or light and cooling. So in that sense, it's very simple. And I think everyone can access this. If you look at the produce that is there during the seasons, instead of something that's imported or that's mm. out of season, you can already live in an Ayurvedic way. You can just look at the food like, wait, what does it actually do to my body? And is this helpful when it's cold outside or when it's warm outside? Yeah, I like that a lot. And that's so true. Like I have been doing the same. Like I'm like, oh, is this in season at the moment? Like, let me just check. Like, I don't know which fruits and vegetables are in season. Like, or is this organic? I'm I'm like, where am I getting my produce from? Like, you know, I'm becoming like just more and more aware of that. And I do feel a difference. Like strangely, like, the only one who'll know this is me I'm like no I feel I don't know I just uh, something feels different in my body than if I just than what I was doing before so like there has been some kind of shift or change or and I think too like I think you know a lot of people you know just to help humans they like to have a formula like all right tell me exactly what I need to do and then let me just do this the whole time all the time I'm like well that that's not how it is in Ayurveda you can't there's no formula and there's not one thing that's going to fit all all the time for you. It's like constantly changing, right? Yes. And I think that is the beauty of it because it is so unique to the person because we all have a certain constitution that is just, um, or just, that is a combination of the five elements that the universe is made of, um, air, space, fire, water, and earth. But we have them in different expressions and in different quantities. So there's never, even if you, some people say, you know, Ayurveda puts people in a box because it's three types. It's um, Kappa, uh, Pitta, Vata, but actually there's such a unique way that everyone expresses those elements. Like my husband and I, we have more or less the same amount of fire and, and air. We're very much fire and air people, but he has a completely different way of expressing that. Um, you know, he loves flying. Literally, he's a, he's a, pilot <laughs> but he also he loves traveling and I express it in a in a more creative way and I love just analyzing thinking so it's it's a even if we have the same amount of elements in us of, of certain elements we have a different way of expressing that so we would need different ways to balance ourselves let's just use that word for ease um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I think also this is there are certain rules quote unquote that apply to certain seasons so it's i think it is really about one of my friends who's a doctor and just an amazing human she taught me structure and flow so there is structure you need a little bit of structure in in fall we need warming we need grounding we need um you know strengthening yoga for example Mm -hmm. but then within that what do you actually, how do you feel when you practice that? Do you need more of the warming or do you need more of the strengthening? Do you maybe need a little bit of cooling still? Because in the summer you accumulated so much heat. So there is like a structure that everyone can more or less follow. But then, because that's nature, that's just the seasons that we have if we don't mess them up too much with climate change. But then there is always the flow part of you feeling, but what does this do to me? 
do I actually need this? Or does it not add anything? Does it not, or take away if you need to, you know, kind of take up some, some onion layers of, of seeing your, your true self. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. When you like, is Ayurvedic yoga, like, why is that different from yoga? <laughs> well, How in is a way that it different? isn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in a way it isn't because yoga is part of Ayurveda and Ayurveda the traditional way of practicing yoga wasn't in a group setting. It was a prescription of maybe an Ayurvedic doctor who said, okay, you go home and practice these five poses and this pranayama, this breath practice, or meditate this time of the day, whatever it was. So it was a very individualized, just like Ayurvedic recipes or Ayurvedic um, herbal formulas, a very kind of yeah, customized practice. Mm. And I do feel there is a um, a big, there's a lot of benefit from group classes because we get this collective energy, we get the community. So I think there's definitely room for that. I mean, I teach, I have my own studio, so I <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't, wouldn't do that. But this personalized practice, that's actually where, um, yeah, how yoga was taught. So in a way, Ayurvedic yoga doesn't exist. It's just yoga through an Ayurvedic lens, mm. because if we look at how it's taught now, and this is without judgment, because I have done this in the past, it was, it, it's mainly asana, it's mainly postures. And it's very much, especially in the West. And again, this is just how, yeah, how we took the practice. And this is very much what I'm trying not to do and dilute yeah. it in a way that is maybe not so authentic anymore. And maybe it also doesn't really serve us in that sense, because it's all about a fit body, but you would get so many more benefits if you would add the breath or if you would add meditation or if you would add just, you know, self-inquiry. So it's just like saying an apple, is it Ayurvedic or not? Well, yes, if you eat it in a certain season that it grows, if you eat it at a certain time of the day, um, then it becomes an Ayurvedic practice. But if you eat an apple, out of season, which is what many of us do, right? We eat apples in the spring <laughs> where they actually grow mm -hmm. in fall. Um, then it's maybe not so helpful. So I think with yoga, it's the same. Like, are we practicing yoga that supports us, that serves us, um, that is in line with the season, what nature is asking us to do? Right now we're in, in, in fall and we're going inward towards winter. But then in spring, we need to kind of burst open again and we need to get out and our practice can help us with that. So that's how I see Ayurvedic yoga. Yeah. So there's no, it's not a special style, I would say. It is really just using the wisdom of Ayurveda and then applying that to yoga so that we're choosing the right postures, the right breath work. That's not a perfect translation, but an easy translation and the right meditation. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Like I, it's not like, you know, people do yoga as like an exercise. It's like, mm, yeah, you know, a, a lifestyle. So it's more like kind of bringing it in and listening to your body, what you what you need, listening to your mind. And that's how the lifestyle of Ayurveda, instead of just people doing, yeah, I did my 30-minute yoga session. That's my exercise. Yeah, and then knowing this is, I think, where the magic happens, then asking yourself, but how did it make me feel? Not just mm. during, but after. Do I now feel more dysregulated? Do I feel like now I'm going to scream at my kids? <laughs> Let's yeah. just use that example. Or do I feel calmer, more steady? Can I deal with the neighbors making noise? You know, so what did the practice actually, what is the effect? And then once we start to ask that question after, or we observe our behavior right after we step over mat, because, you know, that's where the practice, in my opinion, happens. The, the mat practice is just a rehearsal for life. And then I'm going stepping off the mat and that's that's life <laughs> yeah so that's the process it, yeah like, and then you observe your your tendencies like wait i'm actually overheated for my practice i'm more judgmental so mm. so tomorrow maybe i'll try something else that is more stabilizing or cooling yeah yeah that's interesting that that can happen as well like i think there's been moments like with my teachers in yoga and um like in australia that you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm fine. And then by the end of it, so much things have come up and like I'm emotional or anger has happened and I'm, I'm quite angry. Like it's interesting, like you're doing something that's rejuvenating for your body, but different things can come up. 
with yourself, with yes, your mind. Yes, and I think this maybe, um, yes, because this is important, of course, it's good if things come up and come out. But I'm talking a little bit more about, is it actually helping me to not just be the Zen person that I really mm. want to be, but is it helping me cope <laughs> in, a, in a more stable way, like this equanimity, this idea of just whatever comes at you, you're still in the eye of the storm. It doesn't mean that you can get angry or that you can, you know, we're, we're, we're emotional beings. So that's yeah. all of that is allowed and also in yoga. But I feel sometimes, you know, maybe the, the anger came up in my practice and I just let it be there. But then afterwards I noticed, okay, wow, that just needed to come out. And then it went away now, as the yeah, process and now went the on. Practice yeah, and practice helped me to give that a place or let it come up and out so that it doesn't come up and out when I'm living my life. Yeah, exactly. That that speaks to me like, you know, and absolutely right. Like, you know, th things like say anger came up, you know, the first 10 minutes of this yoga session and, and then yes. it dissipated and there was like release. By the end mm. of it, I'm like, I was more peaceful, but something needed to come up. And you're right. Like, it's just like learning the mechanisms to deal with our emotions and regulate ourselves and in a much, um, um, rejuvenating or freeing way. Yeah. I think free is a really good word in that because again, I mean, motherhood is so much of my life right now. So I always think of metaphors there, but it's just the way that most parents are told to parent right now, which is different from how my generation who is now parenting is, is, has been parented. So in the eighties, when I was born, um, there was a much more of don't cry. And my mom never said this. My mom, um, in her working life used to be social work. And I feel she already had a sense of, Hmm, it's not helpful to su suppress all the emotions, but you know, many people have been told, don't cry. Don't be so angry. Why are you so angry? And now we're actually told, okay, can we acknowledge the emotions of our children? But that means I also need to first acknowledge my own emotions. And I feel in a yoga practice, this is really helpful for, well, let's just say our generation who's practicing yoga. <laughs> it's, it's a new thing. You know, we're taught that we are only maybe should be happy or that we should be grateful always, that we should be something. But there's all these, there's this whole rainbow of colors of emotions that makes yeah that's 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 our human experience it's all part of that exactly. so i feel that's yeah yoga really helps with that yeah and that's great that you brought that up too because like you know people expecting like you know when they say practice gratitude you have to be grateful every day but you know you can feel grateful and angle and angry you can feel grateful and, and sad you can feel grateful and you know people are forgetting that it's like it's not one emotion on its own. Like you're feeling multiple, you know, different emotions. You can feel, you know, these great emotions or great things that people want us to be, like gratitude and so on. But you can have anger or sadness or, or betrayal in the same moment. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think just not striving to always be happy. I mean, many people are coming away from that thought, thankfully. But there is this, yeah, kind of spiritual bypassing of wanting to always be happy, just leave your, you know, I had a yoga teacher once many years ago. I hope she doesn't do it anymore, but she said, leave your, your worries at the door. And I thought, wow, really? Like, so what do I do? Like, how, <laughs> how do I do that? That's so funny. Is that even a thing? And yeah. I think I might've in the beginning, maybe not said that, but I'm probably have done some spiritual bypassing because it was just something that everyone was doing. Yeah. And little by little, I feel we're coming out of that idea that we to just kind of, yeah, love and light everything and then ignore all the, the the hardship in the world, in our lives, but in the world, you know, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so your yoga teacher was like, oh, you leave these worries at the door and then, you, you know, you were following along with that and you felt like you were bypassing the good, like you weren't freeing yourself or, you know, aligning with, with you know, your emotions and who you are. Yeah. And not just, you know, what the only thing we can ever do is we, everyone always says be in the present moment, but there is no other way that where else can you be? So if you say, leave your thoughts at the door or your worries, and this by the way, is not like one of my people who I consider, you know, my teacher, my maha, my big teachers, but, um, it's just someone I came, came came in contact with. But when you say that, 
there is just kind of um, a non-acceptance of the present moment. And it is already there. Mm. Whatever you feel is already there. It's not like you're, yeah, you're not calling it in. It's already there. I like that. Like, I like that you said that. Like, you're totally right. Like, you're not accepting you as you are. You're trying to, like, block things out or suppress them almost. Yes, and that's, of course, what many of us, and me included, I'm sure I do this sometimes, um, you know, blocking, because there's sometimes not enough, not enough moments to just pause and feel, but that doesn't mean it's not there. And then I think this is what, what is a bit scary for some people in a yoga practice, then it comes out just because it had no other way to come out <laughs> during the day. You just were too busy. Yeah. And then it's almost, there's this wonderful teacher, Lauren Roche, who says, meditation teacher, it's like when you meditate, it's like you come home to a farm. I hope I'm paraphrasing him, him correctly. Mm -hmm. And all the animals who were waiting for you all day are so excited to see you. And that's kind of your mind, you know, it's like this and then this, and you didn't think of this, but it's this excited animals. And the way <laughs> I really <laughs> love that he said that because now I'm not like, oh, these thoughts, oh, I have to do this. So I'm just accepting when I practice restorative yoga, which is staying in a pose for a really long time. It's not yin, but it's a very, in a supportive way. So you're mm. completely not stretching. The first 10 minutes I accept as just all of the things coming out that might not be very comfortable. Like, yes, I know I forgot to write that person. Okay. Yes. I didn't do that right. And I just stay with it. I taught myself to stay with it, not get out of the pose and go and send that message or yeah. <laughs> write that email, but just sit with it. And then the wonderful thing that happens after those 10 minutes, when I'm very busy, it's 10 minutes, otherwise maybe less, suddenly there's this like, oh, okay, yes, I'm here. None of the things I was just thinking in the past 10 minutes are important. None of them. And that's really wonderful because you've gone through that, you know, all of the animals are, yeah, but it's really important. <laughs> and then suddenly you feed them by just being there and then they're fine. And they're yeah. like, oh, actually, that wasn't really important. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you as well. Like I do, I do the same and my head does the same thing. Um, I like that you said that. And no, yeah, I, I did restorative yoga with my teacher in Australia, Trish. Um, so I did yin and, and yang, but also restorative yoga. And yeah, it is so like, you know, being in those poses is like being still with yourself. And, um, you know, when you're still with like a bit of anxiety that's coming up, like instead of you trying to suppress it and push it away and just sit with it and go, why am I feeling? What am I feeling? Okay. This is what I'm feeling. Like, where is it in my body? Like, how does it, you know, and, and just sitting with it actually makes it like dissipate. Yes. Instead of blocking it out. Yes, that is really the, the the ironic thing about it. The more you allow it to be there, the easier it will go away. Yeah. And but the trick is to not expect it to go away because if you do that, you're you're still pushing it away or you're still grasping. You know, there's this this yeah, this kind of non-acceptance of it. Because like, okay, if I just wait, it goes away. If I just wait, it goes away. If that's the feeling, then it will become bigger. Exactly. In my experience. Mine too, it does, it does get bigger. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, like, you know, questioning it and sitting with it and talking to it almost. Yes. Like, like I would know. talk to my children, like, exactly. okay, I get you, you're angry. Do you need a hug? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I don't need yeah. to fix your anger. I don't need to change your anger. I just am seeing you. I see that you're angry and I get it. Do you need a hug? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that, that that you're like, you know, I would say in tune with yourself and like, you know, moving those layers and questioning, you know, what's happening and like even the, the, with the slightest of detail, like, you know, you're really like honing in on, on what that really is instead of, you know, you know, it's not so broad it's better to be like to understand yeah. like well what what about this and like like you said you know part of what you like to do is analyze your thinking so you're able to like go to those places and parts and like really like you know um i would say like go deeper within yes and i think this is also it's i make me smile when you said analyze your thinking because <laughs> that is my tendency 
and I what is actually helpful because I know that is my tendency because that is also part of how my fire in my constitution is expressed. And then the the for me the magic is that I then let go of the need to know where it's coming from. Even though yes, I ask my my child, okay, do you know why we were so mean to each other in this moment? I think there is a certain you know, he often actually says, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. And I have the tendency to dance. Yeah, but listen to your body. What do you feel? Where does yeah. it come from? But no, sometimes we just don't, don't know, know where it came from. And it might be such an old thing that came up. So we don't need to analyze that. But yeah, no. that is definitely my tendency to really like, okay, but why and how am I responding in that way? So it is helpful because it, it gives me that self-increase kind of you know, those questions, but it is also something that is my tendency and that I um, need to be careful with. Basically. Mm. I tend to like analyze my, why I do things or how I do things more when I'm not feeling those things. <laughs> it's like mm. in podcast conversations. And then I'm like question, like looking at what I'm doing and then having insight and clarity with it. But then in the moments, it's more, um, I'm I, even though I do it so much and I'm curious about it and this whole podcast is about learning about myself and the guest speaker and the listeners to learn about themselves and, you know, to un for us to understand ourselves. But, you know, in the moments of he or heated moments or moments of, of like, you know, using the tools that we, that we gain from asking these questions, you, you know, you tend to have your patterns instead of actually like bringing these things into that play. Absolutely. And I think that's really spot on what you're saying, because I always say this in my yoga classes, you know, now is the time, if it's an easy posture, again, just like a metaphor for life, it's, if it's an easy moment in life, it's an easy posture, you learn how to breathe deeply in that so that you can use that deep, long breathing if it's a more challenging posture or a more challenging moment in your life. So there is this kind of, we, I think we, I don't know who we is, but <laughs> there is, I think, a tendency for many, many people, including myself, to just kind of be like, oh, but yeah, I'm fine. You know, I don't need these tools, but it's about doing them anyway, practicing anyway, even if I don't feel like, even if I already feel like I'm at home, right? And then when I practice these tools, they give me the resiliency to deal with the things that come at me that are more challenging and more intense. I like that you said that, even when I do feel at home, still do these things. Like, so you can, like, it strengthens being at home. I'm going to say that, no? Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah, it strengthens <laughs> being at home with yourself. So, like, you know, you feel good, you're, you're at peace, you feel, you know, you're flowing or so on. Like, that's the moment to, like, do it even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because then you can just really set the tone, I would almost say, for, um, yeah, for the rest of your life when when the things, because all, we all go through hardship. I think that is something that's very clear. You know, there's always ups and downs in our life and waves of intensity. Um, and But yeah, if we have practiced coming home multiple times in our life already, then we know, okay, but wait, I'm still in the eye of the storm. Yes, the storm is more intense now, but where is the eye of the storm? And you know, instead of being swept away <laughs> with the storm and thrown into different directions. And, um, and I'm not saying by any means that I have this down. <laughs> it's a practice. And that is also really what I love about yoga and Ayurveda. It's all a practice. And a practice, that word in itself means that you don't have it mastered. Yeah. Every time I see the word masterclass connected to yoga, it makes me giggle because there's <laughs> nothing to master. No, Nothing. it's not. Yeah. Well, mastering self. <laughs> yeah. But even that, like, I think that is a lifelong practice that. Of maybe course. It's not, we, it's yeah. not a six week session or, a, no. a, you know, it's a lifelong, it's your, 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 your biggest project. That's an Absolutely. ongoing. And I think that's the, how boring would life be if we wouldn't have so many things to explore always. And I think maybe in the end of our life, I don't know, I haven't experienced um, that yet in this lifetime, at least, is transition um, when we when we pass away. But maybe then the session is complete. I don't know the practice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. It's great for that we have the you know that that it's ongoing. Like you said, like you know, I th I think humans are like, oh, if I do this thing or 
or take this medicine or do this practice? Well, you know, how long will it take for me to be better? Like, how long will it take for the problem to be, go away or fix? It's like, no, no, you, you don't don't put a limit on things. It's you Absolutely. know, you need to put things in your practice, in your lifestyle, in your habits, break patterns for you to see shifts and that intensity of hardship isn't so intense. And I also have now come to understand that I can live my life within the journey. And of course, this is such a cliche, you know, like life is a journey or, not, journey. or whatever it is. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, it is actually quite um, a skill to live while without, again, this grasping or this going somewhere. Because there is, of course, life is always, energy is always flowing and we're always evolving. I think evolution, of course, if we just kind of sit back and yeah, okay, I don't need to change anything because I'm perfect. Yes, you are, you are enough, you're perfect, but what layers are there still to to take take out or take away? But I think just being within that, just still living your life and not waiting for life to happen on the other side of that, because I don't think there is another side. <laughs> Again, no. maybe, yeah, once our life, this end um, of our life is there, but it's, it's an, it's an ongoing process that I am doing my best to also enjoy um, yeah. even in the, in the, in the storm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like that you say that enjoy even in the storm. And you're so totally right. Like, you know, um, being able to like, you know, I think it's like, okay, okay, have goals or have, points or whatever but it's more about like for me it's like if I see myself growing and progressing I'm I'm, I'm happy I don't need to reach that 100% but I, I'm seeing growth I'm seeing progress that gives me that peace that makes me like you know I'm living I'm aligning with myself I, I'm on that path yes and also I think there is this accumulative effect of what we do and this is a very big, like sometimes we can't even see the growth or the evolution. And this is very much, I feel, with pranayama, which is now often translated as breath work. It's more than that. It's working with our life force, our energy. But that is not very visceral. That affects sometimes, yes, we can feel it or we can notice a shift, but it is such a, it's a massive shift, but over time and sometimes in such a subtle way that we don't notice it. So we can really go away from that feeling and yeah but what do we just do you know it's not as much it's not working with our muscles so we don't feel it <laughs> and then but there's still evolution so I think this trust for me is very much there as well if I practice and I don't feel result can I just trust that with the structure that I did there was the result mm. and yeah now I'm talking about result but I mean there was the shift that I needed to get closer even though it doesn't feel that way I love that you say that because, yeah, there are moments where you're like, oh, am I even growing or things even progressing? And you're like, you know what, they are. But it can be so minute maybe that you don't see it um, because you can't see something like in front of you. So, like, I love that you say that. And, like, I think that just, just saying that on its own just gave me peace today, you know. Mm. Like, that's that to me is, like, really beautiful and so true. It's like, hey, just trust that things are growing or things are progressing or things are aligning um, and you are being led home to yourself and that you, you know, um, and things are working out and that it, that things will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like winter, I consider it winter. Like you don't see the seeds that are already there, but they're there <laughs> underneath the soil, you know, underneath the, the surface. And do we trust that spring arrives? Yeah, we do. No one actually questions that. Like, yeah, but I can't see the seeds. I can't see the plants. Can we see the leaves? You know, and they're there. So they happen. <laughs> we don't have to pull on them. We don't have to pull them out of the ground in order for them to grow. They just do that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Elisa. Like, I love that, like, that you said that. I love your analogies. And they're really, like, I love illustration. Like, it helps me, like, put it in mind and, and like, see it clearly. So thank you for all these, you know, the way you the way the words that you use and the way you express yourself because it really like gives me so much clarity and in, in how I, I'm seeing myself and how I can express myself. So thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. I love to ask all the guest speakers, how has this conversation, talking things out with me, having this conversation, how has it made you reflect or highlight anything to you? 
I, well, just now that you said these metaphors, I realized that I said my children are my greatest teacher, but it's also nature because I always keep on coming back to nature and how nature just, mm, how I can trust that everything just has, you know, an ebb and a flow in my life as well. So it, yeah, it made me feel that I came home to myself, but also nature, <laughs> mother earth. You know, I came home as a, as a daughter to mother earth, just realizing that that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing as well. Oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Where can the listeners find you? They can find me on Instagram, Elisa Kolsma, with that very strange surname. Um, and they can, my website needs to be re reborn, but I have a different website for my studio and I'm putting everything there now. So the natural yogi that life. Fantastic. And you have a, you have a, a, a course that's happening at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually exactly what we're talking about. This is tuning into nature and then adjusting our practice slightly, maybe our, our nutrition and our rituals during the day in a very simple, practical way. And um, it's happening every two months, one kind of retreat, online retreat, because there's a lot of practices that you get to experience as well. And yeah, that's what we're doing at the moment. It's a whole year of six retreats. <laughs> that's fantastic. Listeners, I'd definitely go to one of those retreats. Well, thank you so much, Elisa, for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You Podcast. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I want to hear from you listeners. The question again, how does Ayurveda Yoga lead you home to yourself? Leave an audio, video or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page to your response to today's question, including your name and where you're from. We will include some different responses in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.